It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Philip, I know that you and I have this great appreciation for the martyrs of yesteryear. Mm -hmm. Could you, I I remember the first time I ever heard the story of Thomas Hawks. I I actually wept. I was so deeply stirred. Uh, And I know it's one of your favorite stories too, but could you just even flesh that out or just even tell the story of of his life? Absolutely. So Thomas Hawks was, was alive in the 1500s and he lived underneath the reign of Queen Mary. And uh, of course, Queen Mary is known as Bloody Mary. That's where where uh, her nickname was because she was so heavily persecuting the Christians at that time. And so Thomas Hawks was a pastor in one of the churches there. And, and of course, they came in and arrested him for, for preaching the truth. And his congregants were asking him this question. They said, how do we know that we're going to have the strength to stand? What had happened was they arrested him, and then they got sort of a small time with him before he was going to be burned at the stake. And they said, how do we know that we're going to have the strength? This is so intimidating for us to see this. How are we going to do it? And and so here's what Thomas Hawks told them. He said, as a proof to you that God is with me in the middle of being burned at the stake, when I'm, when I'm at the end, I'm going to raise up my hands and clap them together three times. Now, now keep in mind that, that, of course, his hands are tied while he's being burned at the stake. So he can't do this until the ropes have burned away. Uh, so so the day of his, his execution comes, and he's there, he's being burned at the stake, and his congregation has, has gathered to see uh, how he handles this circumstance. And and so he, the flames start to come up, and they start to, of course, burn his legs and, and his arms, and, and then it, 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 the ropes are burned away. And at that point, his face is totally basically distorted and consumed all the skin's been burnt up and they're just sort of all watching in silence and after quite a while they're just going there's no way he's even alive anymore uh it it would be impossible and his hands have been sort of just burnt down to to stubs at that point and and where literally his bone was starting to, to char and at that point he reaches up his hands and and above the flames claps them together three times and and they said it was almost as if he was in this ecstasy of joy at at the privilege of dying but he was just rejoicing in the midst of his suffering and the impact of course of that have a church as the the, the the persecutions continued was a testimony of God's faithfulness God being the and there even to the ends of the earth and to the end of of martyrdom as it were. <laughs> even as you retell that story, I'm like so convicted because it's like, it is, it is such an, a, it is such a beautiful expression mm-hmm. of a hope and a joy yeah. and a confidence in, in our God. Just, to, just imagining the pain. Oh, it's just painful just to think about it. Uh, all this week, we've been talking through Eric's sermon, the hanging of Haman. And what I love about that message is the fact that despite any difficulty, despite any hardship, God can actually flip it and cause us to triumph. Amen. And so in this particular episode, as, as, as we're wrapping up this discussion on that sermon, uh, we wanted to sit down and just kind of talk through this idea of singing in the jail cell, which obviously comes from the Paul and Silas story where, you know, here they are, they're beaten and they're thrown into a prison cell. And so in the midst of that difficulty, they can sing and they can they can rejoice. But that obviously is not just a New Testament thing. That is actually all through Christian history. Obviously, Thomas Hawks, do you have a, do you have a couple of their maybe favorite stories uh, of either just the difficulties, the martyrdoms, the those kind of people that 
in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of even death, there was just rejoicing and hope and trust in their God? Absolutely. And I was thinking about Eric's message as well, because it's interesting how Paul talks about, is it first or second Corinthians? But he says, if there's no resurrection, we're of all men the most to be pitied. Right. And yet they have the hope of a resurrection before them. And it gives us rejoicing in the middle of it, that, that we know that our God wins. We know that our God is going to turn this. Uh, we know the end of a story already. And so they can rejoice uh, in the midst of it. Uh, oh, there's just so many, of course, Christian history is full of, of this testimony. One of my favorites amongst the disciples uh, in, in terms of the 12 apostles that were, were sent out is Andrew. Uh, so Andrew was one of the later ones to be martyred. Uh, you know, James was the first one and he has a great story as well. But Andrew, he was later on and the, the governor's wife in the area where he was, was preaching at the time had come to the Lord and this angered the governor. And so the governor knew it was through Andrew's preaching that that had happened. So he threatened Andrew and basically said, either stop preaching or, or else I'm going to kill you. I'm going to crucify you was specifically the threat. And Andrew's response in the midst of that was he said, had I feared the death of the cross, I, I never would have preached the gloriousness and the majesty of the cross of Christ. And, and, and so he started out going, I've already counted this cost. I wouldn't have preached about the cross if I feared the death of the cross. Well, they crucified Andrew, and, and it's, it's quite the, the amazing story. We even have quotes of what he said there. But Andrew hung on the cross for three days. Literally three days he was hanging on this cross, and he was preaching to the people the entire time. You know, I think about preaching for three days straight. And it's like, wow, that's exhausting. Can you imagine being crucified uh, and preaching for three days? And yet the way that he was totally outward focused and, and preaching, saying, come to the cross, even in the midst of the pain of that, it's just this powerful story of, of his focus was on something different. His perspective wasn't just the suffering he was going through, but, but on the glory. And, and in fact, after three days, the, the Christians had pled for governor and said, will you let him down? And, and when he heard that, he said, Lord, please, no, I'm excited to come to you. And, and so that sort of mentality of excited to see the Lord and rejoicing in the midst of it. It's such a great picture. I, I love, even in the book of Acts, you just see story after story. Here's Stephen with this joyful glee, seeing yeah. Jesus standing at, at his stoning. Or uh, in more recent history, you know, you look at like a Richard Wormbrandt, who in the midst of a prison cell uh, comes out of prison rejoicing and had such a peace and a comfort and a hope. And of course, when people asked him his response, which I loved was, well, yeah, they gave us, they give us chains or they, they, we had, they give us instruments. They give us these musical instruments and alluding to the fact that they had chains that they would, they were taking the chains that the enemy meant for destruction, uh, that, that their enemies were meaning to cause uh, a rest and despair. And yet they use that for this rejoicing, yeah. the celebration. And, uh, and of course, the testimony of that brings other, you know, I mentioned James yeah. earlier, who was the first apostle. He was, he was martyred 12 years after the cross of, of Christ. And he was being led away to be beheaded. And as he's going there, uh, the statement was that when the man who betrayed him saw his dauntless courage and his cheerfulness, that he said, Jesus must be the son of God. And right there on the spot became a disciple of Jesus. He, he went and made things right with James and then they knelt down together and are beheaded together. And that's like the start of this is, is the rejoicing and the cheerfulness and the courage in the midst of suffering is a testimony to even the unbelievers that, that causes men to see Jesus. Mm, amen. All right. So 
that that was great for back then. Okay, that that I love I love the stories. What does that mean though for our practical lives now? In other words, all right, I I can esteem those stories and, and I could I could go, wow, that that's so great. I would love to have that at my death. But how do I live that out in a practical day-to-day fashion? In other words, how do I take the trials and the circumstances and the difficulties of life and rejoice in the midst of them? Well, I think the the, the basic biblical concept that we know is that we're given grace to rejoice today. So so Paul says rejoice always. And I have everything that I need for for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. And so as a result, I can say, okay, I've got everything I need for life and godliness. Part of that is rejoicing always, which is today. So I have the grace that I need in Christ Jesus to rejoice today. Corrie ten Boom had this question that he asked her, that she asked her father, Casper. And she said, daddy, how will I know when I am prepared or when I'm going through suffering that I'm going to be prepared? And his response was, he said, Corey, when we go on a trip on a train, when do I give you the ticket? And she said, well, right before we get on the train. And he said, exactly. It's also that way for your heavenly father. He gives you the grace when you need it. And so we, we know that we'll have the grace for the future sufferings, for the future challenges and difficulties. But I can also know that today I have the grace that I need to rejoice always. So whatever those small, maybe irritations or frustrations or fears or anxieties, whatever those challenges I would have, maybe it's even just the grace to be bold in, in uh, making disciples and sharing about our faith. But but um, the, the, the challenges that I'm facing today, I have the grace to rejoice in the midst of those. And I actually think that's the proving ground too, that if I'm not willing to rejoice in the momentary stuff, it's going to be a lot more difficult to rejoice. It's like tithing. Yes. It's like, well, I'll yeah. tithe when I make a million dollars a year. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah. Because that's a lot. That's a that's a big tithe. You know, so to, to take out $100,000 of your million, that that is that is a daunting task. But if I've trained myself with, all right, I made a dollar today, it's a lot easier when you start with the small things. And maybe there's, a bad analogy, but... There's uh, this phrase, the, the, I'm not sure where it comes from, but the road to martyrdom is paved by a thousand daily deaths. Yep. And, and so I'm dying to, to myself today. I'm rejoicing in the midst of today's circumstances and, and, and trusting for the Lord for whatever he has in the future. That's so good. Well, maybe even just to kind of wrap up the this episode and even tie back into the message. Again, Eric's been talking about this idea of flipping uh, what that which the enemy has meant for evil, that which the enemy has meant for destruction, that, that hanging the Haman on his own gallows, that, that concept, which again, if someone hasn't heard it, they need to go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to listen to. But just that idea of how important it is to recognize that in every circumstance, in every situation, God has actually allowed us, enabled us to actually find the life and the rejoicing uh, in the midst of it. Any final thoughts, even before we wrap up? Uh, I want to read a passage, but you know, the statement in Christian Christian history is the blood of a martyrs is the seed of a church. And that's exactly, that's hanging Haman, right? That's exactly what we're talking about here, which is God takes even something that's terrible right some somebody dying you know and yet it becomes a beautiful thing like like thomas hawks where it becomes this this testimony that actually god uses for his glory and so he's doing that every day in our lives as we take the little sufferings or the big sufferings that come our way and we allow god to bring life through those that's really good philip it's been so fun having you here i uh I think Eric said it earlier this week, but we've got to do this more often. Uh, oh, yeah, it's you, fun to be here. Having you in the studio. I just want to close with reading that passage in Acts with Paul and Silas, not just because it's a great illustration, but I think it's a, a wonderful reminder of how we are to live every single day. That again, we're not just esteeming some grand thought or some some truth of like, yes, yes, you know, hang Haman upon his own gallows kind of an idea. 
but rather that this should be the reality of our everyday life. But uh, in Acts chapter 16, uh, the crowd, it says in uh, verse 22, the crowd rose up together against Paul and Silas and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and they gave orders to beat them. And after they laid many stripes upon them, they were thrown into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And then it goes down in verse 25 that in the middle of the night, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And that's when the great earthquake happened. Mm -hmm. I I want to turn the world upside down. And the only way that's ever going to take place is when we find the rejoicing in the midst of every moment's difficulties. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.